three things every painter should have is a good coaching program. I always recommend, you know, obviously painter growth, support Canadian lads. Yeah. Um, marketing, so, so coaching, marketing, and then a software. Welcome to the Painter Growth Podcast, where we help you scale your painting company in record time. Join us as we explore sales, marketing, hiring, finances, leadership, and more, everything that you need to know to scale and grow your painting business. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everybody? Mike Gore-Hickman, founder of PainterGrowth.com. You're here listening to the Painter Growth Podcast, or if you're on YouTube, you're watching it. If you haven't checked our YouTube channel out yet, you should. We've got lots of great stuff there. Anyway, um, I'm here with my friend, Lucas Jensen, proprietor and founder of Forward FWD or Forward Forward Media Marketing. Yes, sir. Uh, and they focus, they specialize in, with painters. So he's in the right spot. You guys are in the right spot. What's up, Lucas? <laughs> What's up, Mike? How you guys doing? Yeah, good to have you here today, man. Um, so you've been working with painters for a while. Like, How did you get into specifically working with painters? Good question. Good question. So uh, I started Forward Media Marketing back in September 2020. I was a university student studying, surprise, surprise, marketing. And, uh, you know, I actually lost both my jobs during COVID, which was like March 2020. And um, so I had a lot of free time, unemployed, school went online. So I'm like, what can I do? You know, so I was just like hitting the courses so hard, you know, learning everything I can about marketing, like online marketing more so. And then I uh, got the confidence to launch Ford Media Marketing in September 2020. And we were very general at the start. Well, actually, we were, we were targeting gyms at the start because uh, that was my passion was fitness. And then uh, I don't know if you remember, but we we're both, you know, in Canada, COVID 2.0 hit. So lockdowns hit. Boom. Everything closed, including gyms. So I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> Jobless again. What can, what can we do? So I kind of went general. I went very like general, just like any business kind of thing. Um, and then the actual first ever client I got was a, a Studentworks painter, actually. So I know you have a background in Studentworks. So um, it was a Studentworks painter that we landed January 21st, 2021. Two weeks after, he referred us to our second Studentworks painter. And uh, between the two of them, we got just under $200,000 for them off of Facebook ads, um, off of $2,500 in Facebook ads. And, uh, you know, invested $2,500, got $200K back. It was pretty pretty good return there. You know, 1% so, in cost of ads. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a pretty good return. So I was like, wow, this is a really big opportunity. This is obviously a market that needs a lot of, um, could, or could use a lot of help. Right. And, uh, you know, six months after that, we scaled to 30 painting clients and then, uh, scaled up to the point where now where we've had the opportunity of working with over 70 painting clients. So it's been awesome, man. It's been an absolute ride. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, that's a this different way of getting into the painting industry than a lot of other people have gotten into. Like, you know, I ran a I ran a painting company back in the day, and um, yeah, I guess not everyone runs painting companies before getting into painting marketing. So, I definitely it's definitely not a prerequisite by any means. But um, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that you found the painting industry. It's it's a wonderful industry that's currently mid transformation, as you know. Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you've learned from painters since working in this industry i've learned a lot about um objection handling is one right because you know when you when you're working with painters it's not uh like the leads you get it's not like a need so much it's more of like a, a want right so you have to do a lot of objection handling because it's not like um like if it's like for example if it feels like a, a drywall repair right like doing patchwork it's like 
you need that service. So you have to do less objection handling because your ceiling is like dropping a, a liter of water every two minutes. You know what I mean? Whereas painting is purely cosmetic. So you have to have a lot more objection handling skills in order to convert more leads into more sales, right? Um, so objection handling is definitely a big one that I've had of, uh, you know, using, using like pre-framing, uh, you call it the lights out setup call. Yeah. Right. Um, of even using that in our own kind of sales process has definitely been huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone, you know, when you're getting leads for something like painting, um, yeah, it's not a sure thing, right? So you need to look at all your metrics, all your conversion rates, all the way down the sales pipe until, until you get a sale. Yeah. So, um, one of the, one of the things that you wanted to chat about today was, you know, this looming thing that we've just started in the last two weeks, which is something that we like to call quarter four. So we're in the fourth quarter. This is it's October 13th, but this isn't going to be posted, I think, until uh, first week in November or something like that. So it's still got a couple months left of quarter four and, and the winter in general as a slow season. So do you think people should just expect to slow down a little bit and you just lay off some painters or like, how should people be thinking about this? Yeah. Um, we were talking about COVID at the beginning of this call and I kind of want to bring it back to that, right? Is like during COVID, we saw the whole economy collapse, right? Stock markets included, right? Like you, you could pick up a stock for like 30% of the price, you know? And then everybody was like, oh, it's going to keep going lower and lower and lower. It's going to, you know, the economy's crashing, right? Uh, but then you look back at that and you're like, man, I wish I bought stocks at that price, right? So it's like, now we're and we're going into the season where it's just like there's so much opportunity and and people you know just kind of go belly up and expect like oh it is going to be a slow season but it's like it doesn't have to be you know it's like six months ago the main issue i heard on calls was like we don't have the labor to produce or sorry we don't have like the the, the um you know the staff to produce like the work we're selling right we don't have enough workers but right now is like this really cool time where it's like there's this huge opportunity because you know, companies are like really looking for sales and leads and stuff. So there's going to be like a lot of like layoffs, I find, you know what I mean? So it's like, now it's like when you, you double down on marketing. Now it's like when you, you pick up those, pick up those, those people that can help you with that extra labor. So that when it is going busy again in the spring, it's like, you'll have that staff, you'll have that opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, um, be greedy when others are fearful. hundred percent. hundred percent. So it's like, why, you know, why go belly up and, just anticipate like, oh yeah, you know, I'm okay with it being slow, but it's like, you got to double mm -hmm. down, double down on coaching. You yeah. One of I mean? the things that, that we teach is that, um, I mean, you need to know your numbers, right? If you don't make decisions based on numbers, then you're not going to survive. So if marketing does get more expensive, if cost per lead, say you're averaging 50 bucks a lead, now it's hundred bucks a lead, figure out what your marketing economics were and spend accordingly. hundred percent. And, and the higher cost per acquisition is better than no acquisition at all. For sure. So what do you see? So you run primarily Facebook ads? Yeah, well, we do Facebook ads and Google ads, but Facebook ads is like our bread and butter. Okay. Um, what do you see? Uh, you know, let's say, yeah, just so far this season, since we're middle of October now, what have you seen happening with cost per lead on Facebook and lead quality just in the last, say, like 30 to 45 days? Yeah, I would say... Leads are still there, but conversion rates have dipped a little, definitely, just because people are starting to be a little bit more tight with their money, right? And also social media is being a little bit more uh, noisy, I would say, mm -hmm. right? Because like, if you look at all these e-commerce companies, it's like 
the majority of their budget is being spent on Q4 for running ads because of Black Friday, because of Christmas, because of you know all these different different events, which usually takes up the majority of the revenue, right? So um, social media gets a lot more noisy, right? But there are you know certain methods to stand out, which I'll happily dive into. Um, but it's just yeah, the the cost per leads increased a little bit. Um, volume stayed the same, but I'd say conversion rates have definitely taken a little bit of a hinder in the last mm -hmm. 10, 14 days. So how do you, how do you talk to your clients through that concept of, of being greedy when others are fearful? How do you, how do you convince someone to spend more money? Um, if they like say they don't have any workbooks in December, why not just start preparing for that? Um, why, why double down and spend money that you might not even have coming in? Mm -hmm. Well, because we, we still provide like revenue guarantees with our offer. I mean, not like that, not with revenue guarantees with your offer. I'm not just talking specifics. I mean, just like in general, how do you coach someone through that mindset of wanting to invest instead of just slow down, you know? Yeah. It's a like tough I, thing to do. Like it's, it's counterintuitive for most people to want to do that. Totally. It's just like when things are a little bit tighter, you increase the spend, you know, that's uh, definitely is a little bit of a tough, tough thing to do. But um, we're fortunate enough that like the clients that come to us have like nothing but open trust with us, you know, and they, they trust that like what we are telling them is the right thing to do based on, you know, the three plus years experience we've had doing this, right. So uh, we do set the expectations, especially going into these years of like, cool, this is a time where cost per lead will increase a little bit, you know, we're still going to keep complete control over it. And obviously, you know, maximize your budget as much as possible. But um, just to be mindful of like, there will be a slight increase in your actual cost per lead. Yeah. What do you, so what is a good cost per lead right now on Facebook? So it depends the, the, I guess the method of receiving lead right now, you know, there's ultimately there's two types of ways that we uh, or two destinations of lead capturing that we, that we push our clients to. Um, number one is lead forms. Number two is like uh, messenger automations, like, you know, many chat and such. Um, many chat seems to be a little bit better because you're getting more engaged leads. Whereas lead forms, it's like, you can, you'll have higher volumes, but lower quality leads, uh, because you know, Facebook pre-fills the stuff for you. Right. And if somebody's using the info that they signed up with Facebook 10 years ago, it's not going to be valid anymore. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, going through messenger is like, you're, you're going to have a little bit higher cost per lead, but, uh, they're more engaged, you know? So it's definitely going to be higher quality. Are you comfortable sharing like a range for like what people can expect for a, a cost per qualified lead? Yep. Yeah, definitely. I'd say anywhere from 30 to $50, depending on where you're at. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're in more of like a smaller town with like a lower population, you would expect a lot lower. Um, whereas if you're like, you know, straight downtown New York, uh, you're going to have to anticipate a little bit higher. A lot of competition. A lot of competition. <laughs> yeah. I was running um, painting ads for, uh, back when we did marketing um, for clients just like that in downtown, in downtown New York, uh, like in Manhattan. And it's, everyone from New from Manhattan tell you it's a different beast. I, I think it is a different beast. hundred <laughs> percent. Even Toronto, you know, it's a, yeah. it is a different beast. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's interesting. So if you do the economics, you know, 30 to $50, even if it's $50 per lead and like, what's, what do you see as typical, like lead to estimate conversion rate? Like what, what is typical and what do you think is attainable? Yeah. Um, I would say typically one to three leads should be converting into an estimate. Um, and then from there, it's really more so in like the, the client's um, objection handling, things like that. 
you know, uh, we work with a third of leads should become estimates. Yeah. And then, and then I would say typically one to two estimates should become book jobs, you know, Um, 50% uh, book and write. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when we work with some of your clients. Yeah. So (laughs) that's like a 15% lead to booking rate. So that means if like your average job size is like 5k, then each lead that comes in, you should be booking about $750. I mean, that's the way that I do it is I just like multiply the mathematics all the way down the funnel. So I can get to that, like, what is my revenue per lead? Or like, what's, how can I, how can I make this as tangible as possible? So I know how much I'm booking every single lead I get. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And you, you will already have, like, always have one-offs, you know, like we just onboarded new clients out of uh, New Jersey, no, Virginia yesterday. Um, sorry, Tuesday. And today we're Friday. He booked an $8,000 job off of the first, first lead that came in, set his first appointment got his first book job off of $8,000, yeah. you know, and that was a $20 lead. It's like, it's, it's, it's awesome to hear, man. Yeah, that's sweet, but it's got to aggregate over time. Right. So you, you got to let them know, Hey, this isn't going to happen every single time you get a lead. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Expectation setting for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as things kind of cool down, uh, you know, physically and, uh, <laughs> physically and, uh, lead wise, um, what are some other things that businesses can do other than just like ramping up ad spend that you'd recommend doing to, you know, to prepare for the winter? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Tanner, you know, Tanner Mullen, of course, everybody knows Tanner Mullen. Yep. Um, good friend of mine. He's also one of our clients. We run all his painting ads. Um, and he's also one of our coaches. So we do bi-weekly coaching calls just to like, you know, keep that mindset strong for all of our clients. Um, and he was saying three things every painter should have is a good coaching program. I always recommend, you know, obviously painter growth, support the Canadian lads, yeah. um, marketing. So, so coaching, marketing, and then a software, right? So what I recommend is in these slow seasons, quote unquote, slow seasons, it's like, you'll have a little bit more abundance time. Use this time to sharpen your skills. You know what I mean? Sharpen your process, train your team, double down on marketing, things like that. Like invest your time wisely. Don't just sit there. Yeah, I mean, developing your people is huge. If you uh, if you don't take that time to develop your people, yeah, the, the business is just gonna stay is just gonna stay stagnant. Yeah, develop so, and retain, right? Yeah. Because you you don't want to lose you know A plus players. So how about um, back to back to Facebook? You know, people are so interested in Facebook. Um, it's funny that like Facebook is <laughs> it's like we we do recommend facebook ads but it's like there's so many things to do like especially for small companies that they should be doing before facebook ads but but people are still like in love with facebook for whatever reason i mean it can be hugely va- valuable to their businesses but what are you finding right now is working in terms of copy so for people listening the words that you write above the ad and uh, the creative so the image of the ad like what's working right now and what's maybe start with what's not working perfect i would say stock photos <laughs> please Stay away from stock photos because those do not work um, or they do work, but the, the, the quality of lead that you'll get are definitely not going to be the quality that you're after. Um, I always say like you're, you're, you know, you, you promote what you, yeah, you, you permit what you promote, right? So like if you're promoting good quality stuff, you're going to permit good leads to enter into your systems, right? Like okay. similarly, if you went door knocking in a, a low income area, right? And you had a, a crappy sales pitch, right? With, you know, not too much objection handling going on. What type of leads do you think you'd get? Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's like, what type of pond are you fishing in? 100%. Whereas if you're doing that exact same thing, um, but it's like, you know, you're in a, a neighborhood 
that had a million plus home or a million dollar plus homes, right? And you had a good sales pitch, you had a wicked proposal, you had a wicked, you know, objection handling, your leads would like trump any lead that you would get from that low income area, right? So it's like similarly to Facebook ads, it's like if you're putting out bad content with a bad offer, with bad copy, with bad follow up, it's like, and then you're, you're pointing fingers saying like, yeah, Facebook leads are bad. It's like, no, it's like what you're, what you're putting out there is bad. You know, yeah. if you're, if you're putting out good quality stuff, like good videos of, you know, selfie style walking around a job site with social proof or video testimonials or stuff like that, that like, you know, gets people to stop scrolling and engage, you're going to get good, you know, good people engaging with your ads. How about like uh, before and after pictures? Are those effective these days? I'd say yes, because they are very aesthetically pleasing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the benefit of painting is it's a cosmetic. So you have the ability to really wow people with some before and afters. Um, yeah. So before and afters are good. Uh, you know, like you do like single image ads or even carousel ads and just have like a variety of them. But I would say right now, the main push, especially with all these e-commerce companies, you know, spending, spending their marketing budget is videos. Yeah. You know, that's what I do for my own company. That's I know you do for your own company too. It's just like videos give you a chance to, I guess, build more trust, you know, with, yeah. your, with your, like, your, your uh, like you're saying some types of videos. So you said walk through videos. So you walking through a job site, just like talking about what you're doing and. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For, for Tanner right now, one of our top performing ads is literally him in front of a house with his phone. Just like, Hey guys, Tanner Mullen here from ocala florida i forget the exact exact way but he's like just we just painted this beautiful house here in ocala you know what i mean and that's just like instant social proof it builds the personality it hooks people because it's like oh i'm from ocala you know yeah oh i have a house that looks like that or i want that color house you know what i mean so yeah. it's like videos persuade so much more or, or provide so much more trust um and engagement possibilities compared to stock compared to even single image ads and almost i would i would argue that it would probably be even worse, like more of a detractor to have like a, a edited, like, you know, hyper professional ad. Like you just want something that's like organic, that's, that's just recorded on your phone to, so that people can kind of relate to you. Yeah. Yeah. People prefer to buy from people more than people prefer to buy from businesses. So, yeah, you know, if you're just advertising a logo, it's like, you're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna get leads. Totally. So how about when it comes to niching down, do you just say do a general campaign for a catch-all or do you do different campaigns for like interior, exterior, cabinets? Good question. Um, so we have, it depends on, I guess, the area, right? Um, also, yeah, it depends on the service offering, right? Like we have, we have uh, one of our clients is um, Alex Crow. He owns uh, Cabinet Coding Kings, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously they just do cabinet refinishing. So there's like, we have no option, but to niche down. Um, whereas, you know, another company that could just solely be focusing on interior, or let's say there, there's a company that's more general that does interior, exterior, uh, wood staining, cabinet refinishing, things like that. I wouldn't recommend just doing one ad. I'd recommend doing a variety, um, a for testing purposes, but B just so you don't really enter into creative fatigue and you're not hitting the same people with the exact same ad over and over and over again, you know, but they're getting fresh content put in front of them right? That like different content is going to appeal to different people. Um, and also it's going to appeal to the different levels of where they are in the funnel, right? Like top of funnel. Um, they don't know you, they don't know what service you offer, but you're trying to get them to convert middle of funnel. You could do more retargeting purposes, right? With like different ads for the different services that they were engaging with. Um, so to answer your question, I think it's, it's, it is better to run a, a variety of ads. Yeah. 
and and would you like you'd structure the 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 creative but also the copy to be more specific how about any offer uh like do you do you recommend doing an offer on facebook ads like 15 percent off or 250 dollars off or like what what are some offers that seem to be working right now for anyone who wants to like maybe try it themselves yeah um offers are definitely good you know not just like a book your free estimate offer but like i think a discount would get a lot more people engaging um but just to play like the devil's advocate a little bit it's like the people that are engaging could be also people that are just engaging because of the discount. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, I get, you could be like, you can mark it up 15% and then say, Oh, here's a 15% discount. And then it's the same price you're going to do. But um, you know, the, the actual quality of the lead that you could be getting could be a little bit off putting because of the discount that you're providing. Right. Like if, if, you know, for your ads in particular, um, you know, advertising your coaching program, if you were to advertise like, Oh, 50% off now, it's like, you'd probably get, people that are engaging more from the 50% rather than the actual service or product. Right. Yep. Yeah. You don't necessarily want those customers, even if it might convert at a higher rate on the front end. Exactly. Because, you know, people that are usually a little bit more um, stagnant with price are usually the people that are going to cause a little bit more issues yeah. in the production side. Um, so offers that convert a discount could convert, you know, but to play devil's advocate, you could be attracting the wrong clientele. Yeah. Um, but I think yet yeah, offer is a huge, huge component of it, but just putting yourself in front of your, like in front of your camera, getting yourself out there and building on a, you know, an actual personality of your company rather than just the company itself is, uh, you're going to convert a lot more people. So the video is more important than the offer. The creative. Yeah. Creative is king. hundred percent creative. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. And I mean, I've, I haven't been running uh, ads for painting companies in a while, but so this is still good info for me. Uh, to kind of just, just know as, as things change. Um, but I'm, I'm big, big proponent of video ads. I, I don't even think I run any image ads. No, they don't, they <laughs> usually have, yeah, much higher CPCs, uh, cost per click. Um, yeah. and the cost per mill of like, is always significantly higher than, than video ads for sure. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're talking about, you know, niching down your ads, um, using videos, staying away from stock videos, um, knowing your numbers. What else do you think someone should do right now to, you know, to, to make sure that they're, you know, they're investing wisely when it comes to marketing in the slow season? Yeah. Um, building reviews, capturing reviews is going to be huge. Right. And then also marketing that review, right. Whether it's through a testimonial or even just a simple Google review that you just capture and throw in a creative, um, you know, one of the ads we're launching right now is stemmed from like a TikTok style ad of like story time kind of thing you know, where it shows like a whole job site walkthrough and in the bottom right corner is a Google review, right? Just to always add like that, I guess, social proof that like you're seeing it in person and you're also seeing the review of the, of, of the customer, you know, and then it's kind of building that trust as well. And then boom, obviously call to action at the end, you know? So um, yeah, I would say definitely emphasize on gathering testimonials or reviews at least, and then, you know, publicizing that to show that you're trusted in your community. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really good at generating the reviews, but not so good about marketing those reviews. I just had an idea. You know how you do those uh, those ads where it's like that TikTok style where it's like your face in front of an image in the background and you can like talk and like the, there's a still image in the background that you're over? Yeah. You could do that over like a screenshot of your Google ads and just like show and like talk about the ads, you know? So it's like your, your face is in front of like you talking in front of your Google ads. You can like read them. It's like, hey, on this ad, this review not ads, sorry, Google reviews on this review. Like this person said this. And like, if you want an estimate, you know, I don't know. I wonder if that would work. Yeah. We, we actually ran that for one of our clients. He's, um, 
he lives in a different country. He lives in Mexico and he's operating a company uh, over here in Canada. I won't say, oh, cool. I won't say where, but um, so he's running it fully, fully remotely, right? So creative obviously was a little bit of a bottleneck, right? So uh, what we did is like, we took one of his before and afters and he did that like TikTok style, like before and afters in the background. And then he's in front of just like, hey, XYZ homeowners, here's how we took this into this kind of thing, you know? So yeah. that actually, that ad actually got about like $18 leads. So it's been- and like technically solid. speaking, do you just have your clients recorded like on the TikTok app and then just export it from there? Um, no. So we have them just record like with a white background, you know, so like this wall, this wall behind me here. Yeah. Um, it's white. Right. So we just have them stand in front of it with a like, good lighting. And then we have uh, we use CapCut. I don't know if you, you know CapCut, but it's like an app that kind of just like clips videos for you. Um, yeah. Okay. And then we just remove the background and paste it in there with before and afters. Yeah. Okay, that's easy. I, I've done a couple of those videos just to use TikTok because they have all those things, but CapCut works good too. Yeah, and even for one of my ads, I actually use that. It's like, here's how we got, you know, uh, this one client, 28 leads at $5 cost per lead. You know, and that's actually like one of our top performing ads for Ford Media. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that ad a few times on my Instagram. <laughs> too many times? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, a few times at least. But uh, okay, sweet. So so that's kind of easy way to, to make creatives. How does, how would you recommend someone like test various creatives and how do you figure out what creative is going to work best? Like, how would you, how would you coach someone or teach someone to set up a like multifaceted Facebook ad test and, and, and gauge their results? Yeah. How long, how much budget, how should they structure it in Facebook? Good question. Um, number one is I would like, I would, I would, um, gauge metrics first of like, what is a metric that like you'd not, you're not willing to spend over. Right. So for example, $50. Right. Um, then what I would do would be testing one variable at a time in order to have a little bit more control over the testing phase. Right. So if, for example, if you have, um, three creatives run three different campaigns with everything else is exact, exact same, like the copy, uh, the call to action, the targeting, everything, the only variable is the actual creative, or the, which is the image or the video itself. Right. And then spend each of them. Right. And if you surpass over 50, cut them out. You're going to get a clear winner of, you know, this one, I got $38 leads. This one I got, you know, I hit over 50. I'm going to turn this one off and focus the budget here. And then you keep testing, right? Now you want to test different creatives or you want to test the copy or you want to test the call to action or the targeting, just kind of taking it one variable at a time. Um, and then that way you could test faster and actually be more accurate. Because if you're testing like different areas, different copy, different offers, different creatives, it's like, you don't know what's actually working and what's not. Yeah. You know, you kind of take the guessing out of it when you actually like specifically define what it is you're testing. So just so I mean, I agree with you 100%, but just just for added clarity, um, when you so you have like a campaign an ad set, and then your ads, and say on these five ads, the only thing that we're doing that the ad copy, the text stays exactly the same, the headline stays exactly the same. But we just have five different images or videos, five different creatives. Yeah. And then uh, we run that at like a at like what, uh, like a $50 a day for a week. And then after that week, trim the fat. Yeah. I would even say like three days that way you could really like be quick with it. Right. Um, run it $50 a day each. Right. So if you have, say you're testing out three of them, you know, that's $150 a day within three days, you'll spend $450 and you'll have a clear winner of, you know, this photo of Mike with his phone in the left hand did better than the one in, with his right hand. You know, all the else, all, all the rest is the same. And then you just focus your budget 
on the one that worked the best. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we're testing bigger, uh, bigger variables. <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. Not the, yeah, not the, you know, headline color text or, you know, what color is the <laughs> button, like the Russell Brunson stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So you <laughs> test the tested creatives on a few different ads. So some of the top creatives that we talked about today are going to be like before and after videos, uh, test them or sorry, before, yeah, before and after videos, customer walkthroughs, testimonials, um, talking at the camera, just types of things like that. Um, run them for three days or so, um, see what works, see what doesn't work, cut what, cut what doesn't work. And, and then wouldn't you say like, whatever's working the best, almost like test out new variations of that. Like if you find that like your Google review posts are working the best, like try five different Google review posts now and run those against each other. Exactly. Or keep that same Google review and then just test out a different headline or test out a different copy, mm. test like a new variable. Um, you can test the same variable, you know, but you'll just find yourself having a never ending test if you keep testing the same one and one and one. Right. Um, so we like to test hard, right? Creative is the it, creative is king. Usually when an ad flops or, you know, performs like beyond your dreams, it's usually comes down to the creative. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to pull from you anything else valuable that we can to, to help the guys and girls who are, are listening right now. I always add guys and girls, but real talk, it's like 9% women listening to this and 91% guys. So yeah, I was wondering what your demographics were for it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what Spotify, that's what Spotify says. Um, I think it's like 80% us, um, 15% Canada and like 5% everywhere else. But Canada's um, the underdogs, eh? Yeah, I'm big time, <laughs> big time. Or the overdogs, because we're like technically on top of them, right? <laughs> so yeah, I like the CapCut tip. I think that's super helpful. That's just an app on the phone. Um, building capturing reviews, marketing that review. That's a big takeaway. Is like make sure that you're not just getting the reviews, but you're getting those reviews out in front of people. Um, video is more important than the offer. Stay away from stock photos. Um, I mean, what else can what else can people do to to really crush Q4. Yeah. Um, subtitles on videos of you speaking mm. because odds are people are opening up their phone and there's no volume. So, um, subtitles will always, always, you know, help or at least increase engagement. So adding subtitles to it would definitely be good. You actually do it right out of cap cut. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, they do like the automated AI subtitles, right? Yeah. Like auto caption. Sometimes auto -caption. you have to edit them because like, you know, when I, for example, like when I say Lucas from Ford media marketing, it spells like forward, like Ford, like the car. So I just got to quickly yeah. like edit it, you know? Um, but yeah, so you have to do like minor edits, but it's definitely a game changer for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. probably the French in you just like slurring your words together. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth is just stuck together from the maple syrup. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. tabernacle. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I, I would also say like the follow-up. Okay. Follow-up is huge. You know, it's just like um, treating these leads like, like they're baby birds, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, because like Facebook leads, like they'll come in hot, but they'll also lose interest so quickly. So let's talk about that for a little bit. So the follow-up is super important. Getting the lead is one thing, right? And as we've talked about, getting the lead isn't, isn't super easy, but it's not, you know, it's not rocket science to get the lead. Um, it just takes some work. Now that you have the lead, how do you recommend nurturing them? How, how quickly should people be calling them? What should the clients be getting in terms of SMS and emails? And how soon should they book the estimate? Like talk through the, the perfect post lead 
process from the, the second I get the lead to um, showing up at the estimate? What does that look like in, in, in an ideal world for one of your clients? Perfect. So if I were able to, or if I were running a painting company and I got a lead, my approach for it would be obviously having um, like an appointment setter in place to call that lead as soon as possible, right? Typically when a Facebook lead comes in, it's roughly between 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. at night, right? You're catching people after the work. Um, you're catching that housewife with a glass of wine in her hand kind of thing, right? So uh, your, your, your caller might not be, you know, on point, ready to go at 9 p.m. at night, for example. So having, you know, automations like drip jobs, right? I'm a huge advocate of drip jobs. We push all our clients there um, to follow up with that lead to kind of, you know, increase them and increase that conversion rate and like guide them to the next step which is of course to actually schedule the estimate, right? It's like mm -hmm. they've shown interest. That's, that's purely the, the objective with Facebook ads is to capture interest. Okay. Right? Um, now what happens next is like, is like the make or break, which is the follow-up, right? So um, converting that lead ASAP to an estimate, right? To, to kind of build their commitment. So, um, you know, obviously calling the lead, setting expectations. And uh, I know you have a, a crazy solid, uh, script for that right like the, the lights yep. out script yep you know, yeah so, work on that. Good. so what i mean how about in terms of timing if, if someone gets if someone becomes lead at 10 p.m should you call them at 10 p.m right there or should you wait until the morning that's a good question <laughs> you know what it's like they're, they're engaging with you so like i'm sure they would answer the phone but i'm sure they probably wouldn't be too happy answering the phone yeah you know so oh, text. like texting texting would be less intrusive right yeah yeah drop them a drop them a quick voice memo <laughs> yeah um yeah no definitely text or email um would definitely speaking of voice memo um one thing that i thought about i heard about an idea um maybe you maybe you do this already maybe it's something that you want to look into but like um if you had an automated lead welcome video that got texted for, like from the owner it doesn't have to be like specific but just like hey this is mike with blueprint painting um, saw you found to click on my ad on Facebook. I'm just busy right now, but I'm going to call you back as quickly as possible. Right. And then, so if you texted them a video, they would probably get like a 95% open rate. But like, I wonder if that would work in terms of like maximizing engagement and like increasing the length of this, this, this window of communication. I think that'd be interesting. I think that'd be really interesting. You could even add a step up of like, um, you know, Hey, this is Mike from your painting company, whatever. Right. Um, you know, we saw you just got your Facebook lead up until we can contact you, which will be as soon as possible. You know, here's a little bit more about how we work, you know, yeah. and then show like your team, like doing a, a job or like, you know, spraying cabinets or something like that. Like some kind of appealing that builds that trust. Right. Yeah. I think that would be huge. And you get like massive, massive, like spike in conversion rates. Or you with like your family and your kids and stuff like that. If you did it like at the breakfast table with like your, if you have kids and you know, you're <laughs> eating breakfast with your kids and you're just doing it right there. Um, you know, that would probably be do more than like showing your painters, but let's just, you, who knows? You, you, you're touching the emotional, emotional yeah. sense of that hundred <laughs> percent. You got to split test that and look at the data. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for inquiring with my painting company. You know, I really need to feed my kids over here. So <laughs> yeah, I'll call you back soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, sweet. So drip jobs, um, does, does drip jobs have like, um, pre-estimate, um, sequences, pre-estimate drips. Yeah, it does. Um, as automated ones. So automated texts and, and emails to go out. Okay. Like we just received your request for a free quote. Here's a link below. I know you could do some customizations on there too. Um, 
one of our clients has like a brochure, which is included in that email. So they could click and learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. Right. So um, there's, there's definitely a lot, a lot of good customizations that you could do within drip jobs. Right. Um, so just really taking it's like anything though. It's like, if you purchase a product or service, like you get what you, you know, you get what you give kind of thing. Right. Like, like even for clients that come through your coaching program, it's like, if they just expect you to do everything and expect their business to change overnight, it's like, that's not going to happen. You have to yeah. give time. You have to give effort. Right. You know, so you, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of good customizations you can do, but you just really got to dive in for sure. Yeah. So do you, for when a lead comes in, do you recommend the client get like a text message? Sorry, not the client, the painting contractor get like a text message notification as soon as that lead comes in so they can try to call them as quickly as possible? Yeah. So, um, in Canada here, we can't set zaps with SMS, unfortunately. Uh, so we do email you, notifications. You totally um, can. SMS by Zapier? Doesn't that work? I don't think in Canada. Oh, I... Maybe that's to get a VPN, but uh, we do it through emails. Okay. You know, so our client gets a quick email, just like, hey, this is, this is just surface level stuff, like name, number, email kind of thing. Just like call them as soon as possible. Okay. And then I think they could also like do configurations within uh, drip jobs to get notifications. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a little, little cherry on top there for sure. Basically, whatever whatever way gets the notification in front of the painting contractor as quickly as possible so they can be super responsive. Speed to lead, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I think that like you can you can totally emulate that speed to lead with with automations, but nothing really can recreate just like personal texting and personal outreach. Yeah, yeah. Even like you can even I think add a customization to do the automation to make it more personalized, right? Like um, what Tanner includes in his drip sequence for the leads we send him from Facebook is like uh, an instant reply after it's automated, but it still kind of comes across. It's like, okay, this might actually be a guy who's texting me. And it's just like, hey, are you available on Wednesday? And his like methodology behind that is like, who isn't available on the Wednesday? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and then if, if not, then they'll get back to you. But it definitely looks a little bit more personalized. So it's like, adding a little bit more of a personalized approach to the automation. Totally. Yeah. A, just using custom fields and having first name be pulled in so that it's just not complete generic. Yeah. Cause you, you could almost tell like if it's an automation, mm -hmm. you know, so it's just like, how can you play with that to make it feel like, you know, maybe add a few typos in there or like spacing issues, stuff like that to make it feel a little bit more like authentic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Be a little bit less formal, a little bit more informal in your language language. Like, Hey, First name. Hey, Lucas, saw you reached out. Sorry, I'm busy right now. Um, what are you looking at painted? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, actually, speaking of that, like what I just said, do you ever encourage uh, automations to try to generate a reply? Or is it usually just like a hurry up and wait type thing? Uh, like on terms of for so, our clients? So say you send out a text to a, a lead that comes in, like a first text that gets sent like within one second or one minute of like a new lead coming in. Um, what are some examples of like what that text should be? Do you ever try to encourage the client to reply? Like, Hey, what do you think of having painted? Or is it more like a, just wait until I'm ready to call like a, Hey, uh, you know, Mr. Jones, um, we'll be with you shortly. Uh, we'll be calling you from this number, you know, as soon as we're able. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Like, which one do you think works best? Or have you tested that? I have not tested that fully to be honest. So I wouldn't be able to give you like an in-depth approach, but I mean, just, just looking at it. Um, I think something that would gauge a reply would definitely be good because if you're getting an engaged lead. You want to keep them engaged for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you just like, if it's just like a, I think an instant thing is just like um, do the next step 
and it just ends there. I think you're kind of, you know, you're cutting off communications a little bit, but if you leave like an open-ended question, like candidate is like, does Wednesday work for you? Then it kind of opens up the conversation and, and re-adds the engagement level to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would agree doing something just like, just get them talking about their project or, or timeline or something like that. Um, starting that two-way communication instead of it just becoming one-way communication. Or even building the commitment. It's like, awesome. Like, can you provide me some photos with your project? Mm-hmm. You know, because if they take the photos then that increases their, their commitment to it, right? Yeah. Sometimes they won't send the photos, but the ones that do are going to be a lot more committed for sure. Absolutely. And then how about, <laughs> this is a, this can be a divisive one. Um, how often, when do you stop calling a lead that doesn't answer? Do you, do you keep calling um, until you hear yes or no, or do you call only five times or something like that? Do you have a preference or a recommendation yeah. around that? I mean, I know I would recommend, but I'm curious what, what you recommend. Yeah. I think if they showed inquiry, um, then they're definitely interested. And even if it's not now, then it's going to be on the back burner for later. So I don't think it's like a certain number of times. I think it's just like a certain, like, um, like a, a duration of it, you know, like obviously hit them a little bit more frequently at the beginning. And then you'd always like, you know, a week later. And then after that, like, a you like more of like a long-term nurture process to kind of yeah. get them to re-engage because they show an interest. Obviously they're interested. Right. And then uh, you'll always stay top of mind if you're always following up. But if you kind of yeah. give up on them, you kind of lose it. What, what's your, what's your perspective on that? Uh, my perspective is if they, if they, if they um, opt in and they request an estimate, we don't stop until we hear yes or no. Right. Keep, keep nailing them. them. Yeah. <laughs> keep calling them at the start, you know, like multiple times a day, slow down a little bit, you know, to, you know, twice a week until you hear yes or no. Like I, I, I compare it to my dentist, my dentist, office will call me like every single week they'll call me call me call me and i'm always on doing stuff like this i'm on calls i'm in meetings i'm busy i'm working on projects and i, I just ignore 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 and if that's the only uh you know piece of information that they had for me they would think that i don't want to talk to them but i'm like hey i still gotta go get my teeth whitened or go get my teeth cleaned or whatever it is so uh, they started texting me and like they text me like, hey, Mike, you're overdue for this appointment. Do you want to book in on Thursday at four? And I like open my calendar. I'm like, oh, can I do Thursday? Can I do two instead? Like, yep, you're booked in. And they sent me like a confirmation. <laughs> and I was like, I, I took that as like a, you know, a psychological like cue. Like, dang, if this is how I act as like a busy professional, right? Like how else can I, we get a hold of our other busy professionals who are in theory our best customers? Mm-hmm. So you have to incorporate text messaging, um, I think, and then just be ruthlessly ruthless with your follow up. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would just say like just different mediums in general. You know, it's like people prefer different social medias the way, you know, people prefer different lines of communication. I myself hate calls because like when I'm in deep work, I like just grinding. And then when you get a call, you know, I had literally promise you my dentist followed up with me about like a week ago and I did not answer the call. Yeah. Do they text you? brought you? that up and it wrote, no, they're locking it, dude. I'm going to drop them the link. Yeah, you got your <laughs> so, agency now. Yeah, skip it to 43 minutes here. Mike's got some good points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but th- yeah, different different mediums of follow-up, like text, email, like that's the benefit of gathering info. It's like now you got different options, right? If you okay. just had a, a, a text opt-in, you know, or an email opt-in, it's like you're limited to just reaching them by email. Yeah, yeah, so, show up at their you know, show up at their house, you know, show up at their work. Just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do but any of that. It's like, it's like ads too. It's like, I've had people that are like, I checked out your website and now I'm seeing you everywhere. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, cool. Cause we got Google ads going that cross platform with YouTube that are yeah. on Facebook that are on Instagram. It's like, you know, like you show an interest. I'm, I'm going to keep nailing you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, uh, that retargeting is, is so valuable. And if people don't know how to do retargeting or how it works, it's just, they think it's magic. They think you're everywhere to everyone, but you're only everywhere to them. Yeah. It's like, Lucas, how'd you show up on the weather app? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Google display network, baby. <laughs> Sweet. So, um, so Lucas for the people who want to avoid a slow season, um, I'm going to, I'm going to phrase it as who want to skip the slow season this year. Um, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So that'll be uh, to my website. That's Ford Media Marketing. That's fwdmediamarketing.com. Or reach out to me by email uh, at lucas at fordmediamarketing.com, L-U-C-A-S at fwdmediamarketing.com. I'm going to put uh, put your links in the description here below or how my team do that. And uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here real quick. Um, so number one, actually, before I do that, uh, definitely recommend Lucas. I definitely recommend Lucas. Um, if you guys are looking for some Facebook ads done for you, uh, reach out to him. Um, I've seen his work. I've seen his results. Um, I trust him. Tanner trusts him. He's, uh, yeah, definitely the guy that you want. One of the guys that you want to go to, if you want some Facebook ads, uh, done at a definitely reasonable cost, um, a lot more affordable than other options in the industry, which I appreciate. And I'm going to push you a little bit here. Uh, what are you going to offer? Uh, what are you going to offer as extra bonus for my listeners? Cause I want, I want to take care of my listeners here. All right, man. Cool. So our regular offer is 30 K 90, sorry, right? 30,000 booked in 90 days, $30,000 booked in 90 days. I'm going to go up here. You know, it's a slow season, but I want to show you how confident I am. We'll go 40, 40 and 90. 40, if we don't, if we don't hit, if we don't, if you send me the link to this and you book on a call and you show me like, yeah, I, I talked to Mike. Basically, I'm going to guarantee you $40,000 in the next 90 days. Otherwise, you're not paying a single dollar in retainer fees. Boom. Look at that. <laughs> just because just because you asked nicely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I like to take care of the people who uh, invest their time in, uh, in listening here because uh, attention is the new currency, right? 100%. Sweet, 100%. Lucas. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on today, man. Um, great, great chatting with you, getting to know you a little better and uh, yeah, keep crushing it, man. And we'll see yeah. you in uh, Orlando at the expo. Oh, yeah, man. I'm fired up. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. It's been a, been a real pleasure. Sounds good, Lucas. Talk to you again. All right, brother. Thanks for listening to the Painter Growth Podcast. If you want to grow your painting business, go to www.paintergrowth.com or click on the top link in the description. Talk soon.